You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. Uh, We are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have any clue what the hell we were going to do. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV shows, we're going to talk about toys, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that made this such um, such an important part. I love toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel. And we are Power Tripping. Through the 80s. Here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special holiday edition of Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. This is the last part of Holiday Week here across the network. Joining me for this main event edition, if you will, because in our business where we came from, we always put the main event on last, right? So this is the quote-unquote main event of Holiday Week. Joining me, of course, who who else would it be? Sean Google is with me. Sean, uh, happy Thanksgiving, brother. How's things in your area? Happy birthday. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, everything. I would have been disappointed had you not done that. I'm so glad we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> um, there must have been some magic in that uh, machine shop hat I found. So. <laughs> uh, everything's groovy, man. My day job, we finally put out the last of the turkeys. Um, I only had to tell one customer how to thaw her turkey very quick. She, how 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 quickly can I thaw out a 27-pound butterball turkey? Hmm. I told her to put it in her toilet and flush repeatedly. It'll eventually <laughs> thaw out. She didn't seem too thrilled with that answer, but, you know, something beggars can't be choosers at this point. So I mean, if you're waiting until, like, 48 hours or whatever before the actual holiday, well, by the time this thing drops, it'll be uh, the day before. But... Um, yeah, why I I never understood. I guess I can't say that. I understand that things pop up unexpectedly, like all of a sudden you are tasked with hosting the the big dinner for the family when, you know, a day or two or even a month ago that was not a thing. But um, so I can understand that. But I can't. It's the same time every fucking year. I know. I and I understand <laughs> that. But what I'm saying is, let's say Ethel was planning on going to her sister's house. And all of a sudden, you know, her sister Phyllis has, you know, come under the weather or the stove has taken a shit or what, whatever the case may be. Now Edna has to, um, or Ethel <laughs> has, has to, uh, has to make, has to make dinner. So it's a mad dash, right? Well, that, you know, something I get that, but at the same time, customers this time of year, and yes, I'm talking to each and every single one of you people listening to this podcast customers this time of year in the retail business absolutely can suck my balls you guys are fucking horrible how dare you tell me you are going to ruin my thanksgiving holiday because i can only get a 21 pound turkey when i needed 22 fuck you take your stofers shove it up your ass and when the turkey timer pops out Serve your ass at the table. I'm all. I'm done with these people. They <laughs> suck. 
two years ago. To, oh, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Now it's get in the back and get me a fucking turkey meat, boy. Okay, I got you. Let's go do this. So you're having a good day. <laughs> Retail sucks. I, I could, you know, I used to work at General Motors many, 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 many years ago. And I got this bright idea when I got laid off that everybody needs to eat. Sure. I'll never get laid off if I work at a grocery store. What a fucking fool I was. That was 20-something years ago? I've now been with the company I've been working for for 27 years. Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it took 27 years for you to finally snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look at a picture of me 27 years ago, and now I look like I've aged about 63 years because of these people. So I get it. And I'm kind of glad you brought this up because it wasn't something like I, especially, I, I, it's very appropriate and very timely with it. We're with us talking about it this week, but I've always kind of wanted to pick your brain on a public realm because you, you do work for a national grocery chain i'm not going to sit here and say which one but um i've i've always wanted to pick somebody's brain that has to work for the other side of the line in terms of like holiday rushes and things of this nature because as a consumer you know i get frustrated trying to navigate like if i just got to go in and grab two or three things man like it becomes a two-hour ordeal because you're trying to navigate through last minute shopping and, 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 and things of this nature. But I have seen firsthand how brutal that customers can be to employees. And it wasn't until like you and I met and I really started to make a more conscious effort to, to view that because I can only imagine because if I'm seeing that in my neighborhood, I can only imagine what you were what you were dealing with and you just kind of gave you know exactly what I thought it would be and and it is a damn shame that people, the consumer treat employees the way that they do as if the unless you know as if you are their own personal chef or slave or what whatever the case fits the the narrative here but like there have been a couple of times and I'm mean, last year at the VGs in Davison, I'll call them out. I don't give a shit. Um, this young kid was uh, working behind the meat counter and I feel like he was very, you know, relatively new, like within the last month or something. Like, I don't know if, if they had like a big hiring drive to, um, to help with, with the holidays or stuff, but this kid was very new, still learning everything, but very, you know, very professional, very clean cut, just looked like a decent upstanding kid, probably around 18, 19 years old. And, um, I, I watched this man rip this kid apart because he didn't have a specific brand of lunch meat and like just berated this kid in front of everybody. To the point to where in in the middle of it, I kind of walked up next to this guy as he's going off on him. And I'm like, hey, the kid's name tag was Brandon. I will not forget that. I'm like, Brandon, I just want you to know, bro, like I've been coming in the store for the last five years and I have never had better service at the meat counter than I just had with you. So I just wanted you to know that you are doing a great job. I turn around. Looked at this dude in both of his eyes because he spun his head and, and, and looked at me. And I, sh Sean, I shit you not. I said, pal, you could use a lesson or two in goddamn manners. And I turned around and walked away. So it drives me nuts that people feel entitled to talk to another human any way they see fit. Well, you're an exception to the rule. Um, customers have. I usually am. <laughs> Customers have all different kinds of quirks, which absolutely drive me nuts as a retail employee. You know, one of my favorite things is, is I'll go out there and I'll stack, for example, roasts three high. I'll have one woman come up there and everything is thrown 
about the counter or stacked up 10 high because she's digging to the bottom looking for that extra quarter pound. And then she'll walk away and she'll leave her mess. Mm. Well, I am now almost a 50-year-old man, and I have no problem voicing my opinion. Uh, You know, that's okay, ma'am. I'll take care of this for you. I'll say it with a certain amount of sarcasm. Sure. Or, Or... was there a problem with the roast on top? Uh, is there something I can do to fix that for you? You know, I, I am one of those sarcastic guys. Now, I have asked customers who I've seen in my store regularly. I'll do it with a tone of sarcasm, but yet in a jovial way. Sure. Hey, do you mind if I come over to your house after work and go through your cupboards and throw your shit all over the place? <laughs> you know, I, I, I hate that. Uh, I... I Two years ago, people treated us, I don't want to say like we were heroes, but they were a little bit nicer to us because of the COVID pandemic. I mean, we were one of the few businesses that were still open while everything else was closed to make sure these people had their holiday dinner. Right. Now, we are literally looked upon as if we are, as you said earlier, uh, personal shoppers, personal servants. We're there to clean up after them. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. You fucking Instacart shoppers who are shopping for other people. It is not my job to find your shit. Mm. I will help you find one or two things. But after that, if you're not willing to share your tips with me, go fuck off. (laughs) Because I am tired of doing your job for you. You're not helping me put out the product. So why should I help you load it up and take it to your next shopper just so you can get tipped while you're shitting on me, treating me like I'm your personal shopper? No, no, thank you. I don't get paid to do that. I I get paid to stock the shelves. I never took that into consideration because I see that shit all the time now. Like every time I go to the store, there are people who are doing the virtual shopping for other customers and stuff like that. And like, I never took that in into consideration as to how that would affect you or that they would come to you for help or, Hey, Hey, can you find this for me? I totally get where you're coming from, brother. I totally get it. If Instacart shoppers were more like, I take care of my fellow employees, right? A, A lot a lot of them will disagree with you because I'm known as the grumpy ass old man in the meat room, which is great. Uh, I would say probably 50% of the cost or not customers, 50% of the employees are scared to approach me for help, which is perfect. I yeah. want it like that. I want them to be hesitant to grab stuff off my shelf because if they're to mess up my shelf, I want them to straighten it back up and they will because they're afraid of me. Mm-hmm. But these Instacart shoppers, they are as bad, if not worse, than customers who are going in there shopping for themselves because they're on time constraints. They are trying to get through as many orders as they can as quickly as possible to fulfill as many orders as they can. So they come in there like a damn hurricane, and then it's up to me to clean up after them. I shouldn't have to be cleaning up after 20, 30, 40 year old ladies and gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? I, I should not have to do that. And boy, topic of the week sure went out the window because fuck you customers. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you want, you want to know what my holiday tradition is? It's waiting on you people who are so goddamn ungrateful for what we do for you. If it wasn't for us putting that food on the shelf, you'd be eating Ritz crackers and peanut butter for your Thanksgiving dinner. So you're fucking welcome. If they want to be real bougie, they would get uh, like TV dinners, right? Like like Swanson kills it with the turkey and whatnot. You, you know what would be bougie? Uh, you know, the popcorn <laughs> and pretzels and the jelly beans like they had in the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. So All right. Bougie. <laughs> There's the transition. On this week's show, we are talking about we are talking about what is often, especially in this day and age, is um, 
the forgotten holiday in a lot of aspects. Now, if you are a listener to all of our shows here across the network, we have tackled this holiday from every every conceivable way. Um, we've got mine and Claudel Edwards. We were we were on ONTV this past Friday. Hugh talked about his traditions and what the holiday meant to him. On the next day, the real podcast dropped with with Amy Sheridan. On there, she talked about her traditions, her memories. On the Klaus to the Heart show, I took a completely different approach to it. I shared stories and testimonials that were inspired by the holiday. On this show, the main event, we are going to tackle the same thing because I'm as, you know, as Sean is one of my very best friends in the entire world, you know, this is something that he and I don't talk a whole lot about because well, we focus primarily on Christmas. At least I do. Um, but he brings up a good point when when we were talking about the topic of this week. Like this holiday has be, has in a lot of ways become kind of forgotten because it's it's that bridge between Halloween and Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So um, I started to think about earlier this week. The traditions that that I enjoyed that centered around Thanksgiving and like I really had to rack my brain, Sean, because um, like I, I can sit here and right off the top of my head, tell you five, six things that my mom did for Christmas. But like I had to really sit and think about what did we do around Thanksgiving that that could be a a a tradition now. Looking back over the course of your life, what did this holiday mean to you? A lot of running around. Okay. Um, so, I don't know how your grandparents were, but my grandparents, they, in my opinion, battled for time to spend with our family. So... Sometimes we would have two Thanksgivings to go to in a single day. Sometimes we would spread it out over a couple days. Uh, as far as my parents and uh, their Thanksgiving traditions, we, this is going to sound crazy, we really didn't have too many Thanksgivings at my home because we were always traveling to other people's homes. The one Thanksgiving that really stands out to me at my parents' house, my mom was trying to start a new tradition. And we were all sitting at the dinner table and uh, something I never talk about and I probably shouldn't talk about on a podcast, but I'm not a very religious person at all. Mm -hmm. uh, just let me clarify that. I believe in God. I believe there you know, was a Jesus Christ, but I don't believe in the church. And we can discuss that on a different podcast at a different time, okay? But my mom wanted us uh, all to join hands and say grace, which out of respect to my mom, you know, I joined hands and bowed my head and at the end, you know, amen. And then she had us go around the table and uh, have all of us declare what we were thankful for, which I thought was pretty cool, but to like my nephew, it was a joke. But to me, I took it very seriously because if you think about what you're thankful for, like what you're truly thankful for, that statement could take a long time uh, in order to, you know, uh, completely define what you're thankful for. Right. And why I appreciated my mom's effort. Um, it kind of fell on deaf ears, and it, what it didn't happen after that. Uh, what became a tradition of my family, uh, once my parents moved to Alabama, actually, once once our kids were born, it was a matter of uh, splitting time between the two sets of parents' house, going to bed early on Thanksgiving, and then waking up at three o'clock in the morning to go out Black Friday shopping. That was our traditions. So. Um, 
I was trying to think, you know, when I was preparing for this show, like I really wanted to focus on, you know, the time frame that was the 80s and what this holiday was. You know, I can't remember a time where my mom didn't make the dinner. Uh, you talked about the grandparents. Now, <clears throat> um, my my dad's mom and dad uh, lived like six miles away from us. Like we were in Hadley, they were in Metamora. Um, and even though we were so close, like there was only two days a year that they came over to the house. Now we went over to their house like every day, uh, but they only came over to our house like twice a year. And it was Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, so I, I can, I can remember my grandparents being over there because that was, like I said, that was one of the two days of the year that they were there. And I held my grandfather in such high regard. He, he was just, he was just a, the sweetest soul of a man that there ever was. And, um, and my grandma was fantastic too. On my mom's side, her mom passed away when she was very young. Uh, I think uh, 13 or 14 years old, like the lights turned out right in front of her. Um, her dad moved to, to Kentucky and we were not close with him at all. I think I saw him in person that I could remember like twice. So the grandparents really wasn't a factor for us, you know, like they all came to our house, but um, we watched the parade in the morning, usually Macy's from New York city. And then it was time for the Detroit lions game. That was our, like, that was only, that was our only, only traditions of the actual holiday. Now leading up to it, uh, this is where two very important things would, would come across my radar every single year, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving the Garfield Thanksgiving and like a lot of times they played them back to back and I was happy. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? As an adult, my traditions around Thanksgiving were, were a springboard to Christmas self-admittedly like the, the Christmas tree went up on the weekend off because it was, it was generally the survivor series weekend. I've talked about this. That's when the tree went up. I too did the Black Friday shopping thing as long as it was on Friday. I wouldn't have, I would never go when it was on Thursday in the last handful of years. I thought that was bullshit. I went on a big long rant about it on the real podcast. I don't need to do it here, but like Black Friday was a thing. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the rush. I enjoyed the aggravation. I enjoyed the people watching. Um, but then I started incorporating my own um, uh, uh, traditions. And the, the, the bitch of it is, is I can't incorporate my kids into it yet. It's watching planes, trains, and automobiles. Ah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> There's not a lot of movies, Sean, that, you know, in the 80s or after the fact that center around Thanksgiving. I mean, you, you can, I mean, you can print out a war and peace thick book of Christmas movies, but not so much on Thanksgiving. Like there's, there's three of them that I will incorporate during the course of the week leading up or the weekend of planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, grumpy old men. And yeah, they, they're, the majority of that movie happens leading up to Thanksgiving until the climax, and then it comes back down toward, towards Christmas. So it is very much featured on there. The other one, and I know that this is a stretch, but the original Rocky, because the fight with he and Apollo happened on Thanksgiving Day. So those, were, those are the only movies I can come up with. Can you think of any other than these slasher films? Because I did find one in my research called Pilgrim. Like, okay. like the like the Grim Reaper is dressed up like a pilgrim. I don't know. <laughs> well, there is Thanksgiving uh, about <laughs> the killer Christ. turkey. Yeah. Uh, no, I oh, 
Freebirds. I when you said that, I just the the cartoon. Okay. Thank thanks. Killing was great because in the very opening scene, you have a little porn star with her boobies just flopping through the woods. You know, it's like you know you can always tell a good slasher flick if there's boobs within the first thirty seconds. Um, you can't go wrong, right? <laughs> well, she was she was kind of an old porn star, so yeah, you can definitely go wrong. <laughs> um, the only movie I can think of, and it's funny because I I got my I got my new computer; it's working, so I'm able to flip through my phone, and I'm looking through, and yeah, there was two movies that I already had in my head, and you said this. Number one was Adam's Family Values. We're doing the Pilgrim uh, play at camp. Yeah. And then number two, I don't know if you remember it or not, but it's one of those movies where the actor can't be no one else but the who who you know him as. And it was Al Bundy in that movie Dutch. When they're trying oh, to, go. I never saw that. Oh, that movie's great. Is it's, it? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Over the Top Meets Married with Children. Oh, oh well, shit. You can't go wrong with that combination. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, those are the only two movies I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, oh, Son-in-Law. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Pauly Shore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here, Gobble Gobble. You know, wheezing on the grindage and shit. Um, so, Yeah. So, but I don't formally want. So, okay, let's go back to being a retail worker. Okay? Yeah, please. I mean, this is some entertaining shit. I'll have you know. <laughs> I, I'll I just let people know that holidays for a retail worker are horrible. Um, we don't get to celebrate them like a lot of people do because we're busy catering to everybody else's needs. When we get home from work. We're doing just what we're doing here. You know, I'm, I'm venting to you. I vent to my old lady. You know, it's how <laughs> people aren't cognizant of how their actions can affect those who are there to help them. And it was like you said earlier, you saw that 18-year-old kid getting tore up by a customer because they didn't have a particular type of, what you say, particular Lunch type of- me lunch meat that you know they wanted i have had people literally tell me if just because of a matter of pounds that i have ruined their holiday i have ruined their thanksgiving dinner because they they gotta buy you know two 14 pound turkeys instead of a 28 pound turkey i mean it's stupid little things like that i had a woman today today matter of fact complaining to me because we were out of honeysuckle turkeys though i had my store's brand see i didn't say the name of my store yeah i also had butterball turkeys plus i had honeysuckle turkey breasts i had honeysuckle tur uh turquetas i had everything else i had turkey parts but because i didn't have that honeysuckle turkey she tried the I'm going to ruin her holiday thing. And I looked at her. I said, lady, it's three days before Thanksgiving. I'm not the one that ruined your holiday. You're the one that ruined your holiday because you waited this long. Let's just say that ended that conversation. I'm expecting to hear from my manager tomorrow because, oh. yeah, I am that grumpy old man in the meat department. So... I'm I'm the last person that a customer wants to piss off because <laughs> I will be that determining factor in whether you get that 24 or 23 pound turkey. That that's just how it is. Yeah. Christmas is coming up and it's only gonna get worse. So we get through Thanksgiving, and while most people are looking forward to, you know, maybe going to Canterbury Village and strolling through the lights or maybe the Holly Grove lights. Or even here in Holly, we have the uh, Dickens Festival that happens the next three weekends after Thanksgiving. While people are looking forward and planning to that, I'm planning on getting up at three o'clock in the morning so I can be into my store by four o'clock 
to make sure that the hams are out, to make sure that the side dishes are out, to make sure that my service counters are set up by eight o'clock in the morning. Now, you might not think that sounds bad, but you have to keep in mind now in this day and age, I am by myself. There, I don't have but two full-time employees with me running a, a meat department that's doing over $100,000 a week. And wow. you think I'm going to take time out of my day to search through pallets of turkeys to find one that's two pounds bigger? I'm sorry, but your problems are small compared to mine. I hope to God you enjoy your stroll through the lights. But just keep in mind, the person that you're putting through all... All your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your stress, the stress that you're putting on these employees, you're projecting your problems onto these employees. They're not these employees' problems. They're your problems. All you're doing is frustrating and disappointing that person. They're not going to be able to go about their day without thinking about you later on because you were such an asshole to them. People just need to have some common decency and realize that people are still people, no matter if we're working at a grocery store, if we're working in the mall, or if we're passing by each other on the street. Have some decency for one another, and remember it's the holidays. It's not about you, it's about us. And that's the problem with the holidays anymore. This world, we've talked about this before, Jason, this world has become so dependent on themselves, so complacent on themselves. It's all about me. It's all about what I can get right now. It doesn't matter how it's going to affect you. And, and that's the problem in general, in my, in my opinion, with this world, is while I care about you and you care about me, is the person four houses down from you, if you get in trouble, if you're stranded on the side of the road, are they going to stop and help you out? Probably not. I'm the type of person that's going to stop and help you out. That's just the type of person I am. That's how I was raised. But in the world today, people aren't like that. It's all about number one. They could give a shit less about you or me. You have... Uh, Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> you have verbalized feelings that I have had for the last several years. And I, it, it gets toned down a little bit in some regards around the holidays, but as soon as the calendar hits a new year, um, it don't take long before people are right back into full-blown butthole mode. Now, you're looking at shit from a different perspective as a retail employee because so much of the next handful of weeks revolves around retail. And like, this is where you see, this is where you can, see, you could see the best in people, but by and large, you're, you're seeing the absolute worst. And it, <laughs> I relayed a story a couple of times this past week about the uh, little old woman and, and the 25 cent dish towels that, you know, she was convinced I was there to take all the goddamn towels. And like, I felt like she was going to shake me for them. And it's not that deep, man. You know, I don't care if it's a 25 cent dish towel or a $2,500 television. That's usually 10 grand. I don't give a shit about any of that. What it comes back down to, and this is why I took a conscious effort this year to really focus on what Thanksgiving is. Because after doing a lot of soul searching this year and, and with everything going on, like I realized and I feel horrible that I didn't put as much appreciation on the holiday as I probably should because I overlooked it. It it was just it was just a day. The only the only difference is instead of a meatloaf that we would be served on any other given day, we're getting you know an impressive spread turkey stuffing, you know taters all all of this shit. You know, and I can remember my mom being up early in the morning and working on this dinner and and it being perfect every year. But other than that, I didn't give a shit about it. 
Why are why is there football on my TV on a Thursday instead of Sunday? Like Jesus Christ, you are you already have it all day Sunday. You're gonna take Thursday too. Like that was my mindset back then. As I've gotten older, and especially since I you know since I have my my own kids now, um, I mean this year is a little bit fucky, but <laughs> you know that's a story for another day. Um, it I really wanted to take the time to appreciate what this is. And I feel like with the holidays, it gives us an opportunity to really get our shit back in focus. The problem is, is not everybody does that. And this is where you, you really see the cream of the crop. And I don't mean in a good way either. I'm being very, very sarcastic here but you know you can tell just by a person's presentation how they view themselves versus how they view you especially and i'm not talking disparaging about what you do because what you do is extremely important but if you get like some successful businessman who's who's coming in to pick up a bird from you He's not going to look at look at you in the same regard as he holds himself or like a colleague he may work with in the office. You are just a grocery worker. And when you put just a in front of anything, you have demonstrated who and what you are fundamentally to your core, and it is not good. You are just a fucking prick because you have lost all concept of what is the actual right way to go about life because you have been altered by money by power by success you when when you let those things drive your 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 being your fundamental being like that is what you live for you have now compromised the very importance and and the fundamentals of what a truly successful life is. You, you're not thankful for a motherfucker. You don't understand the concept because they no longer live in reality, Sean. Everything is built around a fantasy land because they have accumulated some sort of success, which in more often than not leads, you know, because of money. That's where a lot of this stems from. Everything has to be revolved around fucking money. I'm I'm going to be straight up with you. I hate money. I hate what it stands for. I hate what it does to people. I hate it. I mean, I understand we got to have it. That's just the way our society is. But I fucking loathe it, man. Uh, And here's something that I started as a tradition. And you know this. You've seen it before. Other people who live in my Facebook world have seen it before. Every year I do, and you know, you can attest to this if you'd like, I, I put out a PSA on my Facebook. If you don't have a place to go, if you want to come and have Thanksgiving dinner with us, send me a message. I love doing that because I have had people who I wouldn't expect reply back. And I have these people, I welcome them into my home. And I feed them a meal. And it helps me forget. It's kind of selfish, but it helps me forget all the turmoil and all the stress that people outside my home put on me. And for that one day, I get to enjoy the company of people who I wouldn't have expected to come to my house and get to share a Thanksgiving meal with. And that's become a tradition in my home. Now you could be saying to yourself, well, Sean, I haven't seen that PSA yet. And I'll tell you why. I actually had people reach out to me and they asked me if they could come over to my house and share the meal with us. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I want you to come over. My door's open. So to these people with money who think of me as just a retail clerk, that's fine because I have people inside these walls People who I share my Facebook with, they look at me as more than that. And I look at them as more than that. Because I look at them more than friends. I look at them as family. 
And I appreciate the fact that they want to come to my house and break bread with me. And that's become a tradition with my family. And I really hope that my kids, when they go out on their own, that they continue on that tradition of inviting people into their home who they know or, you know, who, who might need a little help or little happiness and invite them to break bread at their table. And that's one of the traditions that we have started in my house. Why I said it might seem a little selfish in some regards, but it really helps shed a little more light on the holiday, on that forgotten holiday in the in the long run. Because we, we're not only having a meal and sharing a meal with them, but we're, we're making memories. And that's what I think the holiday is really about. I, uh, the only thing I take exception to with what you just said, you know me, man, if, if, if I call, if I see something or I hear something that doesn't register with me, I, I gotta, I gotta ask about it. Okay. How is that selfish? That is probably the epitome of what is not selfish. That is the epitome of what the meaning of this holiday is. Why do you feel like this is something that could be deemed as selfish? For me, uh, maybe it's because I enjoy it so much. You know, why why do I do the charitable work that I do? Well, yes, it helps people, but it makes me feel good. You, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's why I say in some regards it might come off as selfish. But I enjoy doing... Uh, it makes me enjoy doing for people more, the feelings I get. And that's where I feel, it's kind of funny. It's not like, okay, um, selfishness. So, like, if I was to go to a store and steal something, that was selfish, right? But it would make me feel like crap, and I would never want to do it again. Theoretically. Theoretically. But, okay, fine, I slap a baby. Made me feel good for a second. <laughs> Made oh, me feel good for that half a second. <laughs> but that was selfish of me. I'll, I'll feel bad about that. I'll be guilty about that later. Uh-huh. So I'll never do it again. There is no guilt with this type of selfishness. It, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I would never slap a baby. Well, but I... No. But um, maybe it's mom. I don't know. But... <laughs> But uh, it's the type of selfishness where there's no guilt. And it's the type of selfishness that I want more for myself. Because I like to see people be happy. That's why I do the things I do. That right there. And I thought that's what you were going to say. That's why I brought it out. That right there is what people can use as a foundation in this holiday season that we are that we are embarking on right now it's not about what we can do for ourselves it is about what we can do for other people and there is absolutely nothing wrong for feeling good about helping other people that is the greatest reward you will ever give yourself for a long time, I would go out and find ways to, at, at bare minimum, brighten somebody's day, if only if it was for the duration of a cup of coffee. I'll give you a couple of examples. When you and I lived in Flint, when we lived across the street from Flint, or you know, across the street from each other in Flint, I, uh, on my way to work, I would stop by that, that Chase Bank that's on the corner of Corona and whatever that side road is. I, it, the name escapes me because it's been a while. Stalker? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But you, you know where I'm talking about, right? Right. That, okay. So the ATM wasn't a drive-up one. You actually had to go into, like, the 
the, the space between you walk in the front door, then you go into the bank. Well, in between now those two doors, there was the ATM. And uh, uh, this dude was like living in there at night. And it got to a point that where like I would go there two, three times a week and he would always be there. And to the point where like he started talking to me, like we started, we started recognizing each other. And I was like, dude, why don't you have anywhere to go? Why are you living in here? I was like, because you know, if somebody sees you, you're, you're, you're out of here, right? <laughs> you know, because this is, this is unconventional. And like, he gave me this story about, you know, he had lost his job. His wife threw him out. Uh, you know, I'm listening to it. And like, we are also at a point to where now I find myself questioning everything that, that people tell me, like, is this legit? Is this a sob story? Is it a combination of the two? Does, does it meet in the middle somewhere? Whatever. But just by, just by looking at him, I knew this dude was in a bad, bad way. And um, so for the holiday season, when I knew I was going to be going to the ATM or, or whatever, I would run up to the McDonald's and get them some sort of breakfast thing and bring it back. So when I went to the ATM, I gave him a hot meal, um, up until the one time I did and he wasn't there and I hadn't seen him ever again. But like, I felt I wanted to do more. Like I wanted, I there 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 was something about this dude. Like even though I questioned everything he told me, that to my core there was something told me something was extremely off, and I wanted to do more. I just didn't know what. Bare minimum, I got this guy like he's not going to starve to death at least for right this second because he's got to mix something or another, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but. I feel like we really need to get just much like you were saying, we need to get back in tune with this mentality that it is about us and not about me. You know, our sense of community, our strength in community is diminished because everybody's just out for themselves and they'll they'll take care of it and blah 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 well i mean that's great but like when when it, when push comes to shove you kind of want to know that you are in a community that's going to help one another because who's to say that you're you're not going to encounter a bad situation or somebody down the street's going to encounter a bad situation and you have the capability of making a difference of helping out in some way, shape or form. It's okay to feel good about that. It's okay to, my kids say it to me as filling their bucket. That's how, that's how they, they say it in school. You know, like when your bucket feels low, that's when you start feeling depressed and kind of down in the dumps and, and things of this nature, and their teachers had taught them that if you find ways to help somebody else and they express a level of gratitude or thanks, it fills their, their bucket back up. And it makes them know that they did something that really was impactful in a positive manner. <clears throat> Those yeah. are kids. Adults are not immune to this. Adults just choose not to do that because it might take, it might be, it might take some time away from whatever else th that they're doing. There's a, everybody will come up with a thousand reasons why, but there's only one that says this is the right thing to do and you will feel good about it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything selfish about it. I think it is the polar and extreme opposite of that. Just my opinion. I understand what you're saying, but see, I can relate a story much like yours. Um, and, and this is this is where I feel a little bit selfish. Um, Sharon, my wife, and I, we would. Well, that sounds like there was three people. I I was just thinking that too. Like, damn, that sounds like a threesome. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my wife, my wife Sharon, and I, <laughs> my wife Sharon and I, um, 
we would walk our dogs down at this boat launch. Uh, right over here on Bush Lake, right by my house. And started noticing a gentleman there who was living there in his truck. And it started off kind of slow. I'd wave at him. He'd wave at me and, you know, hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, still here. You know, we'd be cordial with one another. He'd see the dog and he'd want to give the dog a treat. And at first I was kind of hesitant about it. But, you know, Luna, she'll eat anything. Luna's my dog, not my wife. Um, but, you know, my wife will eat anything too. But still, I digress. Um, he got as it may. It got to a point where it's like, you know, we got to know each other on a first name basis. Like, hey, Ted, have you ate today? No, I haven't ate nothing. Well, we're having pork chops tonight. You want some pork chops? Yep. So Sharon and I, we, when we would cook, we would make extra, and we'd take Ted to dinner, and he'd just be, we thought that we'd give him gold, okay? And then one day, he wasn't there anymore. This is where the selfishness kicks in. Well, is it selfishness or is it worry? So I still think about him. Sure like to know what happened to him, because everything seemed to be, while he was living at a boat launch, you know, I'd like to think that maybe he would have stuck around for one more day just to say, hey, I'm packing up and moving on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I know he appreciated the things that we were doing for him. But that there's that part of me that still wonders what happened to Ted. You know, I, I did find out that uh, he was a veteran. And the local, yeah. The local veterans association here in town, which is why I love my veterans here in Holly. Uh, they found him housing. They found him a job. And while I still haven't heard from him, uh, I hear from time to time from our Veterans Resource Center that he's uh, still doing good. So, but yeah, you know, um, well, you know how I feel about our veterans. So I... It's ironic you say that, um, you know, we're going to go on a little bit of a sidebar here. Uh, this past Friday, I've alluded to this, this past Friday I did the Klaus and Q show on ONTV. It was a dual, a dual topic episode. Uh, we, we talked about Veterans Day and how important that that is and why, why it's a, a goddamn shame that not, not more emphasis is put on it other than November the 11th. Why isn't this a thing that is celebrated and and spotlighted all year round? You know, because they're not veterans for one day a year. You know what I'm saying? So um, upon my research for the show, like I was seeing these staggering numbers of our veterans who are homeless, who have no food, no regular uh, source of food or shelter or things of this nature. And I couldn't wrap my brain around why. Like, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't realize it was the problem on the grand scale that it is and how, how dire it is in, in some circumstances. Because where I work, our local has a veterans committee. And a very good friend of mine, union brother and co-worker, is on that committee. And like I watched him over the course of the last few months work his ass off for these different things for the veterans. And I had an appreciation then, but I didn't have the the grasp on things that the way things were until I did some research. And it fucking pisses me off that these men and women put literally put their lives on the line to protect our freedoms. And, and like I went on a complete total rant about this and then they come back home and they're, they're living on the streets. This should not be a thing. No, they should not. If people are going to sign up for the armed forces and they're going to put their lives and their bodies and their livelihoods and, everything on the line for our freedoms that give you and I an opportunity to do shit like this. When they come home, they should be taken care of for, uh, across the board. 
There should never be a reason why a man or a woman who wore a, a uniform of one of our armed forces should have to worry about where they're going to sleep, where they're going to get their next hot meal. This should not be a thing. So it's inspired and triggered an idea in me or um, I don't want to get too far in the woods because this is very much in the early stages of this, but this network, which is going to over the court between now and New Year's Day is going through another and, and definite overhaul. This network is putting to, together a fundraiser for the veterans that is going to happen in the first quarter of the new year. And like, so when you said that, that, that Ted was a veteran, like, and he was living in his truck, brother, it fucking, it triggered something in me. So, all right, back on track. I just had, <laughs> it, it's just a shame, bro. And like, especially veterans. Cause I like, I watched the grumpy old men over, over the weekend and, um, one of the character, one one of the secondary characters said something about having his holiday dinner at the at the VFW hall or something like that, and it's like, I'm glad that they have things like that in place, but it's also a damn shame that they have to have things like that in place. Right. You know, it just I don't know, man. It, it's just another factor in why there's such a negative stigma in our society in our country because we've lost our grasp on the basic fundamentals of things like thanksgiving and it drives me fucking nuts hence the forgotten holiday because right. people don't know how to give thanks for what they got because they don't grasp the situation of others around them, I think. Um, so, I, I guess in the long run, I mean, this whole podcast took a turn from, <laughs> from holiday traditions to, you know, what we were originally going to talk about to what it is. But really, it's human nature. Um, human human nature used to be something, you know. Uh, I've heard it referred to as human nurture before, yeah. and there is none of that going on anymore. It's like I said earlier, it's about what I can have right now. You know, how come Amazon just says I get it in three days? I should have next day shipping. You know, no, you know, it, enjoy enjoy it while you can, because you you only go through life once. Um, Speaking of which, I don't want to get off subject, but I'm going to bring it up to you anyway. You mentioned that you liked my shirt and crosstalk earlier. Yes. Christmas Story. Yes. Do you watch Christmas Story Story or Christmas yet? I have not watched it yet. I'm telling you, and this is going to go out to all the listeners, it sounds like I'm going to endorse this movie, and I'm going to. <laughs> it's because I am. That's right. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy coming from me. I we all know how I hate sequels. Yeah. If this movie doesn't put you into holiday spirit, I don't know what will. You you must have a heart that's three sizes too small. Uh, it's uh, that Christmas story, Christmas. As soon as I saw, it, I think I, I think I called you, didn't I? Yeah. Yep. I'm telling you, bar none, in the last t- twenty years. It's probably one of the best Christmas movies, holiday movies I've ever seen. Watch it. Treat it like a, a prescription from a doctor. Because if it doesn't make you feel good, there's nothing that's going to make you feel good this holiday season. I don't care what it is. And as he were coming up on the hour, I, I just want to say this. Um, Realize what you got and be thankful for what you have because there's others in this world who will never, ever, ever be able to be able to have what you got. Uh, be thankful. Uh, if you can, I like to use the term, give a hand up, not a handout. If you know someone who needs help, give them the help. Give them the hand up, 
not a handout. Because a person who takes a handout is those people who are on goddamn Facebook saying, there's no money in the house, there's no Christmas for my kids. Which pisses me off because you're doing that from your computer or your $700 cell phone with the internet service that you're paying for. You see a guy out on the street, give him a buck. Buy him a cup of coffee. You know, take care of your fellow man because if there's... If you're not going to take care of your fellow man, then who else is going to do it? You know, maybe one of these days you're going to find yourself down and out and you're going to be looking for that hand up and there's going to be no one there to give it to you. So when you're around the Thanksgiving table this year and you guys are hopefully talking about what you're thankful for and not what the score of the Lions game is, appreciate the time that you got and appreciate one another because that, when it comes down to it, is what you should be thankful for, and that's family. Not everyone has that, so enjoy it. Thanksgiving is truly the, really the only holiday that tells you what it is in the title. You give thanks. Um, in in my part of the closing of this week's episode, like I have, I've spent all week across our network here expressing my different levels of appreciation, my thankfulness for uh, my co-hosts, for the fans, for the listeners, all that. I'll do that with you because, I mean, you and I have a completely different dynamic than I have with anybody else that I do any shows with here. Um, Guys like you, Sean Grugel, are few and far between. And there needs to be more Sean's in this world. I have always admired your willingness to be the good neighbor, to be the good guy, the one that people can 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 depend on in their darkest hour. You've always you've always been that dude for as long as I've known you. Um, we met in a very unconventional realm. And by and large, when people meet in that quote unquote arena, like the longevity of their friendship is only as long as their involvement in that genre. That is certainly not the case with us. Um, Our friendship has transcended and became bigger than the genre in which we met. And we are approaching we are in the midst of two decades of our friendship now anybody who knows me then or now knows that if if i keep anybody in my life for that long you're doing something right because my tolerance for bullshit is extreme minimal um i say that to say you are truly one of the good guys in this world and you are often a guy i refer to in stories as as a positive example i don't believe you fully grasp what you mean to your community to your neighborhood to your family i mean i'm sure you have an idea but like the full magnitude of it you have no clue sir I do because I'm an outsider looking in. Like I see it and I hear it. I am so thankful each and every week that we get to do this show. Not just because we're putting out a podcast, but because this is a realm in our very busy lives that we can still communicate. We can see each other in real time. Um, that is one of the pluses in techno- technological advances. So I, I embrace that part of it. But more importantly, I embrace our friendship. And like you and I have not always seen eye to eye over the course of 20 years, like no two people do. It's just impossible. You're going to disagree from time to time. But the cool thing about us is that, well, number one, we're adults. And we can actually, here it is, uh, communicate. Uh, and, you know, if there is an issue, we get to the bottom of it. We, we discuss it. We come to a resolution. We move on. That's the fundamental of life. 
your friendship is an example of one of the great blessings that I that I am thankful for each and every day. And it will be something that I will reiterate on Thursday around the, the dinner table. As I have said all week long, I am very thankful for all of the listeners, all of our fans that tune in each and every week and listen to our show. Without them, there'd be no reason to do this. But I am just, you know, I just want you to know, brother, that, you know, you, um, my inner circle is extremely small these days. Uh, But under no circumstances would my inner circle be complete without you in it. I'm thankful for you. I love you. You are the absolute man. Well, damn, how am I supposed to follow that? Oh. You don't. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. <laughs> That's where I go, ditto. <laughs> um, yeah. That would mean something. I, I, would, I would accept that. <laughs> <laughs> no, brother. I, you, you know how I feel about you. I think the world of you. And, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, after 20 years plus, you're still in my life. Um, appreciative of this medium. Thankful for our fans, thankful for the listeners, and uh, be nice to damn retail workers. I swear for to real. God. I mean, they they are what's helping you put on your holiday meal, and uh, I, I promise I'll try to be a little bit nicer when you ask me stupid questions. Stupid questions. Let's like, not make promises we can't keep, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you that I had a woman come up to me and she goes, I need a can of soup that has the plastic lid on it. I said, oh, well, that's over here in aisle four. Well, no, it's not. I looked. Well, okay, let's walk over here and take a look. I said, oh, there it is right there. Well, it wasn't there just a minute ago. Well, what the hell did I wave my magic wand and that shit just show up? Enjoy your soup. Soup fairy (laughs) showed up and poof. Yeah. There's your plastic top soup. Bitch. Yeah, that, that, that kind of just took all the momentum out of the whole thank you thing. So that's okay. I'm over that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but hey, so uh, what, are we are we going to do the uh, FMK episode? Are we thinking something else? What are we doing here? Oh no, I'm 100 on board with that. We we were just going to get past holiday week. I mean, what better way? to kick off the Christmas holiday season here on power tripping through the eighties, then FMK. <laughs> FMK. I you know, know. Uh, um, my friend Brian is really lo- looking forward to joining us on that show. You know who we should bring into the show just because it might make your friend uncomfortable. Let's give Amy Sheridan a call. See if she wants to play. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> It could be okay. fun. Yeah. Oh. Amy brings a unique dynamic to anything she does, and she loves this show. So, yeah. All right. I I, I think it'd be she, – she she needs to do her homework. She needs yeah. – so I got a working computer now. The world is mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, as we, put, as we put a bow on this week's episode, uh, go out, not just this week, but like the whole season. Find ways to make a positive difference in somebody's day. I promise you that will be the greatest gift you can give yourself. And uh, we are very thankful for you. We appreciate you all. Any comments, questions, feedback, anything like that, look for us over on Facebook, Power Tripping Through the 80s. And uh, we will be back here next weekend with a brand new episode of Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.